0: we won't make a big deal out of it next week and it'll just be, boom, here's the one day offering and you can, you can do it. Um, I, in thinking about legacy, I'm, I'm getting sentimental about all kinds of stuff around our house, you know, because I see little kids stuff and we still have some boxes from our kids and you see a picture that takes you back to a memory from a vacation and the kids talk about it and it's part of what legacy is. I, I, today I put on this watch. And I don't, I don't have any expensive watches or anything, but I put this on, and I just looked at it for a minute, and I thought, wow, this is so cool, because this belonged to Malcolm Gordon, Bonnie's my wife's dad. And when he passed away, this was one of the things that I received. And and just putting it on today made me think about him, and think about his legacy, and all the great lessons of life that I learned from him. And then I, I slipped on this bracelet, which I wear pretty much all the time, I. On a Father's Day my kids gave me this one time and I put it on and I think about legacy and these kids are gonna hopefully outlive me and and how am I pouring into their lives and then I put on the timberline ring and it's like, Wow, you guys and, and my life is so a part of the legacy of this church and how God has used you to make a difference in northern Colorado and the world and my wedding band is on and I want that to be, you know, Uno priority and and, and I want to get that right. These, these shoes I'm wearing today belong to Abraham Lincoln years ago. When I, <laughs> so, so I'm just all, I'm all legacied up here today. So I, I want to just talk about what it means to, to care about the right stuff. So number one in your program, turn it over to the back, several blanks. Legacy living involves lifestyle. Legacy living involves every little decision in your life, not just one You're not going to be known for kind of one thing you do, and you only do it once, average. But it's the lifestyle that you live that's going to mark you, and it's how that lifestyle is lived out. Now, there's a story in the book of Acts that I would love to invite you to turn to. It's a a great book because it's sort of the actions, that's why it's called Acts, the action of the disciples. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then the book of Acts is like the hinge after Jesus has gone back to heaven. And then this is where all the churches were planted, and then after the book of Acts are all the letters and so on that people wrote, uh, leaders wrote back to the churches that they planted in the book of Acts. And so it's a great book. So um, legacy involves this this lifestyle that we're going to live. You're going to hear about two people. I've called it a dream and a prayer. And really, there's two dreams and two prayers from two opposite kinds of people, which is fascinating. And there will be some rough moments in this story today, so be ready. Acts 10, verse 1. In Caesarea there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was the captain of an Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man and was everyone in his as was everyone in his household. He gave... Notice this line. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. That's a lifestyle right there. One afternoon about 3 o'clock, he had a vision which he saw an angel of God coming toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. Remember him? Simon Peter, that's the guy who's a disciple. He walked on the water. Okay, he's a great, great man. Simon Peter is staying with a guy named Simon, different Simon, a tanner who lives near the sea. It's fascinating that as this story opens up, we find out a few things about this guy named Cornelius. We find out that he's an army leader, an Italian regiment, and the big thing that marks him is that he prays and he gives money to the poor. Now how many of you believe with me that that got God's attention not because one time he gave money to the poor? Not because one time he prayed this prayer, help me God. His lifestyle included prayer to God and giving to the poor. That's just a great lesson for us to learn. It's not just the one-time things. It's how am I living daily? What are the habits and the routines of my life? As a matter of fact, I just wrote this down more for me and I thought I would share it because I'm trying to figure out in, in me what this means. Our routines eventually will define us. The routines in our life will eventually define us. And I really believe that, because those routines are where we either get stuck or we, we have life. And so, let's think about that. Prayers and gifts to the poor. He didn't just do it once, he did it many times. What are some of the ways in your lifestyle? What are some of the things that happen in your lifestyle that grab God's attention? It literally says, God is viewing this as an offering. Your prayers and your giving to the poor. So we can capture God's attention. Number two, legacy living requires obedience. Just like lifestyle, it's going to require you obeying God and knowing what to do. Now these guys have some pretty big obedience requirements coming up. Verse 7, as soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier, one of his personal attendants, he told them what had happened and he sent them off. (laughs) To Joppa. <laughs> that strikes me as odd when I read that because there is no second thoughts. There is no excuse. There's no hesitation. He doesn't, he doesn't send someone out to make sure there's a guy named Simon down by the seashore. He just gets the people he wants to send and he says this is the dream I had. Go find Simon Peter. You know, normally in our lives we, uh, we're planned. We can't just make a change that quick. But Cornelius, I want you to notice, this costs him time. It costs him money. Uh, These are staff people, and he's paying them away. It costs him energy. He's he's spending his personal resources to get this done, because he knows God has given him a message. I, I guess it poses the question, how do I respond to the promptings of the Spirit in my life? How do I... How do I let those go deep enough, you know, to, to actually act on them and go make it happen and make a decision and not just wait around? We have so many excuses in our life and we don't have time and I'm busy tomorrow. And I have something else I've already said to do. I'm already committed. No, this was important enough that he said, let's do it now. Number three, legacy living receives correction. If you want to leave a legacy, you're going to have to be someone who can receive correction from others, especially God. But what's about to happen in this text is way bigger than probably anything I've ever had to go through in terms of correction. This is life-changing for Peter. Ready? The next day as Cornelius' messengers were nearing the town, Peter went up on the flat roof to pray. It was about noon and he was hungry. I love it when the Bible is just like... Oh, there's this flat roof, and Peter goes up there to pray. And oh, it's like noon. He's hungry, but while a meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance, which is another dream. That's the second dream. He saw the sky open, and something like a large sheet was let down by its corners, four corners. In the sheet, now here's what's the here's the problem. In the sheet were all sorts of animals, reptiles and birds. Then a voice said, get up, Peter, kill and eat them. How many of you know the problem that's coming here? It's not because the food was bad food. It was because Peter is Jewish. And this is a sin. Now look at this. No, Lord. Is that that pretty big? That's pretty big. When you know it's God talking to you and you say, no, Lord, he said no. No. Peter declared, I have never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure or unclean. But the voice spoke again, Do not call something unclean if God has made it clean. That same vision was repeated three times. Then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven. What's going on? Is God just like messing with Peter? I'm going to mess you up today, son. No, this is a real thing. This, this is going to mark the church. This is a big moment in time. And, and God wants to give a message to Peter. And Peter says, no, I can't do it. I do not think we have any comprehension, really, in our culture, to understand how big it was for this vision to hit Peter the way it did. Because for him, this would be sin. We know God does not ask us to sin. But in his culture, in his life, from the time he's been a little boy, this, is, this has always been out of bounds, and he's never eaten these foods. So God is just basically turning his whole world upside down, and it's going to take correction if I'm going to build a legacy. I, uh, I don't know what that would be. I tried to think of an equal, of like God asking me to do something that in my mind would be sin, and I, and I really couldn't. But I just want you to think about what is it that might just be so shocking to you to know that God's actually asking you to do it. And it wasn't about the food at all. It was about the fact that Cornelius is a what? A Gentile. So far the gospel has only been given to Jewish people. And this is a very awkward moment for Peter. And it's not going to get any better. It's actually going to get worse. Number four, legacy living means going out of my way. If you want to build a legacy, it means you can't just live your life for you to do your agenda and your timing, the things you want to do. It means that your life is going to be spent making a difference with others, and it will cause you to come off of your path into the path of others. Now, here's how that happened for Peter. Peter was very perplexed, verse 17. What could the vision mean? Just then the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. Standing outside the gate, they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. Meanwhile, as Peter was puzzling over the vision, the Holy Spirit said to him, "Three men have come looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitation." Now that's that's a very distinct instruction, without hesitation. And there's a reason why he said without hesitation, which you'll we'll see in a minute. Don't worry, I have sent them. So Peter went down and he said, I'm the man you're looking for. Why have you come? And they said, we were sent by Cornelius, a Roman officer. He is, devout. He is a devout and God-fearing man. I love this line. Well respected by all the Jews. He's, he's trying to build a little bridge here. A holy angel instructed him to summon you to his house so that he can hear your message. So Peter invited them in to stay for the night, and the next day he went with them, accompanied by some of the brothers from Joppa. Wow. You know, when was the last time that you just dropped everything to go on a mission for God? When was the last time you felt a prompting in your spirit and you turned the car around and you went back to say something else to somebody? Just a moment where there's this revelation where you know God is speaking to your heart. And Peter says... Okay, I've got to do this. I'm going to do this as quickly as I can. It's not easy to go out of your way. How many of you have some plans for tomorrow? How many of you are going to watch the Broncos this afternoon? I mean, when you have plans, especially, let's say, find the thing you're you're looking forward to most this week. And all of a sudden, something comes up last minute, and it just wrecks the whole thing. And God says, no, instead of doing that, you're going to do this. That's what Peter's looking at right now. I I heard a great illustration this week um, to make another point, but I'm going to use it to make this point. We We took our whole staff here at Timberline this week, never done this before, all of our employees down to Loveland where they had the Global Leadership Summit. And for two days we listened to some of the best speakers on leadership in the world, and it was phenomenal. We all grew a lot. But one of the speakers told a story of how he... Uh, is an introvert and needed some alone time and just to, to be by himself, and so he took a cruise on the Queen Mary II. How many of you've ever been on the Queen Mary II? Okay, we've had some few people who have at Timberline. I haven't, but here's a picture of it. It's a big, it's a big cruise ship. Okay, now here's this big cruise ship, and they come over the speaker and they say, "We're going to close down the Queen Mary II for." Uh, moving, and we're going to come to a dead stop and we're going to uh, alter our course just a little bit. Something has, has come up. Well, if you've been around that very often, it's a big deal to bring a ship that big to a dead stop in the ocean. There's got to be a pretty compelling reason. So, you know, he, the speaker's talking about what it might be. Is there danger? Is there what's going on? And come to find out There's this little gal named Mylene Paquette. We have a picture of Mylene. She is in a rowboat. It's a sophisticated rowboat. She is solo. And on November 12, 2013, she made it after 129 days at sea by herself, capsizing 10 times and facing waves of over 30 feet tall. She was rowing Um, solo across the North Atlantic Ocean from Canada all the way to France. Now she had some trouble and word got out that she needed some help. Can you imagine the look on her face when the Queen Mary (laughs) 2 comes around the corner and the message goes out oh we're in the area and we're going to stop by and Give you some new technical equipment. How about a filet? You want some chicken or (laughs) filet? They loaded her up. And then she drifted away from the ship. And there's a final picture of her holding up a big note that says, Thank you, Queen Mary II. How does a cruise ship with thousands of passengers decide to stop for one rowboat? See, this is a a wonderful principle for us. They had somewhere to go. They had people on board. They had a a routine. They, They needed to make it. But there's one person who needs them. And they're in the area. Can I be a vessel? Can I be someone that because I'm in the area, because I live in this town, because I'm in that neighborhood, that God can count on me to make a difference for one person in a rowboat? Or am I too busy? Do I have too many irons in the fire? Will I stop and listen to the voice of God? It's a challenge. It's a big challenging task for us. We can make a difference by doing what God asks us to do. But sometimes I think we miss it. Peter had to go out of his way. Now let's go to number five here. Legacy living involves risk. This is a huge risk with what's going to happen in this story. Verse 24, They arrived in Caesarea, so they made the journey, the following day. Cornelius was waiting for them, and had called together his relatives and his close friends. As Peter entered his home, that's, you should underline that in your Bible, because that right there is one of the biggest things in this whole text. Just keep this in mind. Peter, in his entire life, has never gone into the home of a Gentile. Never. That would be forbidden They called Gentiles dogs. Cornelius fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter pulled him up and said, Stand up, I'm a human being just like you. So they talked together and went inside where many others were assembled. Peter told them, You know it is against our laws for a Jewish man to enter a Gentile home like this. Or to associate with you. I mean, Peter is freaking out. He knows, if people find out what I'm doing, I'm dead. But God has shown me. What a statement. God has shown me that I should no longer think of anyone as impure or unclean. So I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. Now tell me why you have sent for me. And Peter goes on to lay out the plan of salvation See, Peter puts everything on the line in order to obey God. He goes out of his comfort zone. Can I tell you, later on in the book of Acts, if you read these next few chapters, you will find out that Peter did take a hit for this. And uh, he was called onto the carpet. And and it it all did work out because they all began to see that, yes, this message now is going to come to the Gentiles as well. They didn't see that coming, you guys. They never had that thought. But there was a dream and a prayer in Cornelius. There was a dream and a prayer in Peter. And God brought the two together. I, I put some things down here. I put some, some questions down here that I think, for me, I'm going gonna, gonna to try to answer these questions through the next week. I hope you'll do the same. Put them somewhere where you'll be reminded. Number one, am I listening for God's voice? Now, I really need to say this. I think you know this, because I'm a, I'm a pretty common sense guy, but... I, don't, I really don't want you to make this spooky, like you're walking around your house going... Honey, be quiet, please. I think God is speaking to me. Children, I don't, I don't think we have to make it that. But I think there is something to letting God be in every moment. At work, at play, in conversation just having an openness to letting God really have his way in my thought processes um, just more than we normally do I just I want the antennas to go up just a little bit higher this week to say am I listening and what are you saying or, or is the noise level in your life too high? get in the car turn on the tunes people can't people can't walk into their house without turning on a TV or music or something in the background we go into the stores there's music there's music it's When was the last time you just sat quietly? Sometimes we don't like to be quiet because God might speak to us. (laughs) And we're not sure what He might say. Let's recognize His voice. The second question is this. Am I willing to do something I've never done before? This was brand new for Peter. This was brand new for Cornelius. And they both did some stuff they have never done before. And it was very impactful to them and to a lot of people around them. I I think sometimes this is required. Not always. Sometimes it's in our daily routines that God uses us most. But I like this little thought and I've said it here before. When was the last time you did something for the first time? Don't just get stuck in life. Just make sure it isn't something foolish. Now this... This third one is controversial. The third question I want you to consider is this. Am I open to crossing cultural barriers? You know, the quick response in our little Christianese. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Wherever God wants to use us. (laughs) Wow. There are a lot of Christians who hate certain people groups on the earth right now. Bad things are happening in the world right now that cause my flesh to be angry. And God is really trying to, He's really trying to peel me back right now and challenge me to ask where the prejudices lie in my life. Because we all probably have seeds that have been planted for those prejudices. And I just want you to think about it, and I want you to pray about it, and I want you to be open about it. Because for Peter the minute he crossed that threshold into Cornelius' house his life would change forever. And that's sometimes what we don't do enough of. What does it mean? The fourth thing am I willing to risk my reputation to obey God? Am I willing to risk my reputation to put it on the line? Or am I going to play it safe and do the I don't mean to risk your reputation for something that isn't godly. But if God puts it on your heart, would you be willing to go defend somebody that no one else will? To care about something no one else is caring about? Peter would risk it all. So, how did Cornelius and Peter become legacy people? It's a big question. Why, why am I preaching this sermon on a, a series called Legacy? Well, here's, here's why. How many of you in this room are non-Jewish. Raise your hand. Do you get this? You are the legacy of Peter and Cornelius and the dream and the prayer. It's you. This... This is the chapter. Acts 10 is the chapter in the Bible where suddenly it wasn't all Jewish anymore. It changed. And now you're in the story. Do you think for a second that Peter and Cornelius went down to the pub and sat down and had a drink and said, this is really cool because like 2,000 years from now, people are going to be sitting around in Timberline celebrating what we did. No. No. Which proves the point. You are building legacy every day in your life and you don't even know it. The decisions you make could have impact a thousand years from now. Oh no, I don't do anything that important. That's what they felt. But now, here we are. And we are that legacy. Because they obeyed God. And they did what God wanted them to do. And they listened with their heart. And they followed through. I want you to be a legacy person. By living every moment in a way that honors God. And builds legacy for the kingdom of God. Because you can. Because you don't know the final picture, the final story. You're going to die, but your legacy will live on. They never knew any of this would happen. But we know. And the kingdom of God knows. Let's pray together. Lord, I can't hardly believe this. I can't hardly believe that two guys had a dream and a prayer. And all this has happened. Wow. Thanks for including us in the story. Thank you for having a dream and for putting it in the heart of a soldier named Cornelius and a crazy man named Peter. We're going to learn from that today, Lord that we too are called by you to make decisions that impact others every day. We don't see it. We don't know it. We think it's just another day, another decision, but it isn't. It's bigger than that. With Head to Doubt, I want to pray for all of us. I'm not going to really do a lift-your-hand thing this weekend. I, I think it's all of us because I want to deal with lifestyle. I want you to really, I want you to really drill down a little deep and ask the question, my lifestyle leaving a legacy? Are the things in my lifestyle pleasing to God? The things I do that people see, the things I do that no one sees but me, will it leave a legacy of good and great in the kingdom of God? And then I want you to just ask the Lord to help you with those areas because we all have them. How can those seeds be planted in me that just causes me to come to a new level of accountability in my lifestyle. Think about it. Act on it. Change some things. Ask God to help you with some things. I need to listen to God. The second one is risk. I know different personalities enjoy risk more than others, but I don't think any of us can can run away from the fact that if we want to be used by God, It could be risky. And you're going to be asked to care and have faith and love people that someone might not, to defend the poor, to stand up, to be counted for. God's going to help you to have the wisdom. He really is. But I want us to be a church that's not afraid of risk if God calls us to it. And that's the key. God's got to call us. But I want you to be bold. Not weird not confrontive in an aggressive way without the presence of God going first, but to just say, I am willing to tell the truth and I am willing to spend my life. I will risk. Finally, if you're here separated from God, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Lord, I know I'm separated from you. I need forgiveness. I need cleansing in my heart, my body, my soul. And I'm coming to you in faith right now asking you to forgive me. I believe you died on that cross for me and I'm going to trust you with my future. I do that now in faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen? Amen. So be it. <laughs> I love you guys. So proud of you. So thankful for you. You're making a difference. God's helping us. Really grateful. Ushers, come. We're going to receive our our offering right now, if you're a guest, we do not expect you to give in this offering because of the generosity of the people sitting around you who have made a commitment financially to give through Timberline and to make a difference in these gifts. So thanks, you guys, for doing that. And this would be when our guests would drop their card in the offering plate as it goes by you. So drop that in as it goes. And Let's sing this great song. Let's declare it together. Our prayer teams to just come and be available up here right now. and Thank you so much, you guys, for helping us pray for people. Some of you might just want to step out knowing you need prayer today. You can come right now before we dismiss. It's a little easier to get up here. So come right on down and let us pray for you. Any need that you might have, that's why we do this. Otherwise, I just challenge you to go make a difference. Let your life be spent for something worthy. And God will use you. He'll take you up on that quest So let's say it together. Ready? The service starts now. Go make a difference. God bless you.